What's going on, collective listeners? We got a special guest today, uh, just simply from the promotional aspect of uh, Sprint Timber, Mike Tucker from uh, Villanova. He's director of football strength and conditioning down there at Villanova. He actually joined us today, and we just discussed. You know, it wasn't the whole thing isn't about Sprint Timber, but it is something that I wanted to make sure we push. I think it's a really good concept, and I think it's something that really brings the community together as far as the strength and conditioning community. So, um, awesome stuff. He, he sheds a lot of light on everything that he's doing at Villanova. A lot of his experiences, a lot, just overall his philosophies on pretty much everything that that we discuss when it comes to um, a lot of the co- topics that are covered on this podcast, whether it be sport preparation, uh, whether it be transfer to sport, whether it be, you know, your ph- philosophies and your pillars when it comes to how you implement and, and uphold the standard uh, for your program uh, and a bunch of other things. He's just a good dude to talk to. So I, I really appreciate him hopping on. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. So let's get it going. What's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Samson Strength Coach Collective Podcast. Super pumped to have you all here. Appreciate you listening in as always. I'm um, your host, Anthony Grasso, and today we are joined by Mike Tucker, who is the Director of Football Strength and Conditioning at Villanova University. So, Mike, welcome. Uh, obviously, as we were just talking about, super pumped to get you on here. I know it's been a little bit. Uh, you're super busy. There's a lot going on when you made time for this. I really appreciate that, even though with the parents in town and everything. So, obviously, you're, you're a legend, bro. I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going to get into it. But first, if you want to kind of introduce yourself and just just uh, let the people know, you know, a little bit about Mike. Yeah, coach, appreciate you having me on. I know it's been a, a while since we talked, but I definitely think you're putting out a great product here. So I'm, you know, super appreciative to, you know, link up with you right now, but uh, a little bit about me. I mean, I'm from outside Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, I played college football at Holy Cross under Jeff Oliver, who's the head strength coach there, had a really great relationship with him. Um, he's an elite human and I dedicate a lot to that man. And I end up, you know, interning for him for a couple of years while I was playing. And then right after, um, then I bounced around a number of different schools, North Dakota State, Clemson, San Jose, working with a lot of different teams. Um, then, you know, five years, four and a half years ago now, I landed uh, the job at Villanova, fortunate enough, you know, 20 minutes from my hometown. And, you know, it's been an absolute pleasure to, uh, you know, grow in this role and just kind of, you know, be able to now be in a position that, you know, I'm still able to look, go into work and learn every day, still able to, you know, listen to podcasts like your own and, and hear and all these different new coaches are coming up with new ideas. And it's, it's great for the industry, I think, as a, as a whole. So uh, that's a little bit about me, man. I don't want to talk too, too long. <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate it. I had no idea you played football at Holy Cross. I, I went and obviously I met I met Jeff when I was a Quinn, uh, intern at Quinnipiac over here with B uh, over here in Connecticut. And uh, he took me up there and I remember I, I met Jeff and it was crazy because I was just like this lowly intern and he's like this dude who's like been in the game for so long. And he like pulled me aside and was asking me a bunch of questions. And I'm like, why are you asking me stuff? You know what yeah. I mean? I'm like, I'm like, but that's that's like that was like him and like everybody he surrounded yeah. himself with. He's just like that guy. Like he's just yeah. more concerned with what everybody else do. He just wants to listen, you know, which I thought was wild. Yeah, he's a legend. And like, you know, it's one of those trees. Like everybody knows Springfield is like, you know, has this big tree. Like you, you got a lot of dudes coming out of Holy Cross and like Patel's one of them, right? Patel was there. So many guys who have been in and around that program. And it's just a lot of what he does is a, a genuine person that, you know, I think he does a great job. So, yeah. Yeah. What years were, did you play there? 10 to 14. Oh, okay. All right. And yeah. like Mike Morgan, who was down with Donnell Boucher um, at the Citadel for like six, seven years. We interned together. Uh, Zabicki, who's now at Rhode Island, we interned together. And like, there's, I'm sure I'm missing a ton of people who, when I played, they, they were interning while I was there. So, yeah. It's a, it's a small world, man. Yeah. For sure. And how many years have you been at Villanova now? This would be my, fifth season fifth season yeah 
So interesting. Yeah. yeah. And everything's going pretty well. Obviously, it seems like you're starting to get to a point. Like, obviously, I came across you because of Sprint Timber, which we'll get into in a little bit. But um, Villanova kind of like take us through like start to like where things are at now. Like, have, is, is, are things kind of now in the direction of where you wanted it and what you envisioned for the program when you first showed up there? Yeah, I think early on in my career, you know, I was at Kutztown for two years, Clemson for six months, San Jose for two years, North Dakota for less than six months. Yeah. You're, and a lot of young do it right. And they, they're hopping from intern GA, you know, first full-time spot. And then, you know, when you get to a spot where it's like, okay, you have solidified it now that, you know, looking back on it, you have some time to reflect. It's like, have you accomplished what you wanted to accomplish year one? Have you accomplished what you wanted to accomplish year two? And the players turn over, but from a culture and standard stamp, like, from a culture and standard standpoint, I think that's always present and it's very fluid, right? It, if you stop upholding a certain standard or start accepting or tolerating certain habits or behavior, then it's going to, you know, go down or go up based on your expectations and how you're upholding the standard. Um, now that I'm looking back on it, I, I do think, you know, people say, oh, I wouldn't change anything. Like I would definitely change a lot of things, right? Um, but I do like the, dire the direction we're in. Uh, we were able to secure a conference championship last year, top top eight finish, uh, beat JMU, which is all great accomplishments, but now it's, you know, the next year, what are you going to do this year? So, um, you know, younger team this year, hungry team, but always looking to improve on my end. So then they're able to improve on their end. Yeah, absolutely. And did you have an idea that you might end up at a place like Villanova or did you, or did you kind of have a different vision for what yourself when you first set out in the industry itself? Uh, I wish I'd played at a place like Villanova, uh, <laughs> but it's funny when I, when I, Interviewed, uh, the head football coach, Mark Fronte, he's been there 30 years. So, you know, I introduced myself. Hey, Mike Tucker, he's like, I remember you. Because you know, went to camp there, I wanted to get recruited there. And I was like, yeah, you, you never offered me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, we always joke about that. But, um, you know, I do think the, the people end up logo chasing. But I do think that being at a place that you can call home is important. Um, so I think, you know, the longevity, quote unquote longevity, I've been here five years, right? Um, that's a long time for a lot of places yeah, right <laughs> that's that's pretty telling about our industry unfortunately yeah, right? yeah um so it is it is nice to be at a place you know closer to family um you know at a very competitive league very competitive level um yeah. able to you know hopefully provide a half decent product to our team yeah. um, so that's pretty much my my point of emphasis right now i guess right yeah for sure and when it came to kind of these like standards that you were like all right i gotta set these out pretty early on obviously getting into villanova and whatnot and these kind of like pillars I guess you could say I think everyone talks about like philosophies and stuff like that and like you said sometimes they change sometimes they don't or whatever it is but they always need to be present um what are or what were and what are some of those for you right if they have changed at all uh for you and your program yeah the three things we really focus on are, are having a great attitude and that's you know being positive being infectious right giving maximum effort all the time and paying attention to detail those are the three things are all super controllable right it's not oh you have to squat x number you have to do this to do that if you do those three things man we're gonna get them yeah i have to like yes sir yes sir. like you don't have to do that like mm. you give me you can be very disrespectful and call someone sir like you can be <laughs> very respectful and not say that so right. um it, it comes down to a foundation of trust really and rapport like and that starts the day the kids step on campus trying to get to know them trying to be at the meals with them trying to talk to them as people you know let them know you have their best interest throughout the recruiting process you know, even so, something as small as social media now, like you 
such instant access to guys and they have instant access to you. You can kind of see deeper into each other's lives. So, you know, when I'm posting something, they're commenting on it and it's, you know, but building that rapport, that trust and that foundational relationship really enhances all the secondary things of building the culture, setting the standard, I think. Yeah, for sure. And when you talk about, you know, like yes or no sort of thing, and I think there is an element of, I don't want to say like military, right? Because I think that's the biggest issue when it comes to football is like the constant, like, oh, we should be more like the military. We should do things like the military, whatever the case would be. I think there's some good and bad. And obviously like there's some philosophical concepts, but the reality is like, I think when it comes to the sport of football, you're dealing with a, a different element. You're dealing with a different type of, of task, right? So when it comes to that and the whole like, yes, sir, no, sir thing or whatever, how do you kind of, because like I, to me, it's like, I'm listening to you talk and I'm kind of like, all right, I could, I could kind of see like what the environment might look like in Mike Tucker's room, right? Like I could kind of see or feel what it might look like, kind of like jumps off. Like in an interview, right? You always feel like, okay, I, I kind of know what this guy's saying, even though it's just on paper and he's speaking it to me, I kind of get it, right? Mm -hmm. um, is that kind of how you approach some of the training and some of the ways you connect with the athletes? Like, hey, we're going to have standards, but at the same time, it's like, you're going to see me as a human and there's going to be a little bit more of like, I'm going to allow everyone to kind of like go about expressing themselves and approaching the training session and approaching like the training cycle and the training process in their own way, as long as it kind of falls under the umbrella of those standards you set out for them. Yeah, I think laying it out like black and white is really important. But again, it's it's the standards that we kind of agreed on, right? It's not me coming and saying, we're going to be about X, Y, and Z. Hey, what do you guys want to be about? All right, what do you care about? You care about winning championships. Okay, what's important in winning a championship? Okay, let's line out those things. Okay, well, do you want to be held to an above average standard, a high standard, a least standard? What is it? Because when you tell me you have a case of the Mondays, like we're going to have problems then. Yeah. See, again, if you want to be five and six, that's great. You just may not fit in here, mm. right? because previous classes have built this foundation and standard, right? Uh, I think it comes from the players initially, and then it obviously ebbs and flows with the maturity of your team. If you have a mature team, you can't give them as much autonomy, unfortunately, right? Just reality, you come in with 90 freshmen, like a lot of autonomy, you're gonna go for um, Last year with COVID, we had 11 sixth years, right? Like a ton of, that was the most autonomy I've ever given a team because we were older, older dudes. We had a lot of experience, like, and we weren't the most disciplined team in workouts, like point blank. We had way more disciplined teams in previous years. I had way more disciplined teams in other years and, you know, but they didn't, we didn't win any games because it's about experiencing good athletes and good players and us developing those physical qualities. Like you said, the discipline element is a component, but if we were 5% more disciplined, does that mean we were going to be, you know, national champs i don't i don't believe so you know uh, yeah when you get to a certain point i think it's like you said it's a foundational structural pillar but ultimately it comes down to the players sure but you know like you said treating them like a human you you lay out these standards in black and white and it's like hey man this is what you said you were going to do you're currently not doing it here's now my response to that sure yeah it's all based on the, and then it's like yeah i, I get that like it's all on you, bro. Like I'm not, my career is over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so do you think that like, cause now you kind of bring me to the point where I'm thinking about the whole, like how you do one thing is how you do everything. Right. And everybody has, there's always like these phrases that go around and it's always tough when, when you get a phrase that like kind of like circulates, right. You're always like, man, that sounds so good. And then you're like, but if it's something that can really apply across the board, it's almost like everyone like, or, or like it is being applied in that sense. There's got like that. It always struck me as like, there's got to be something up with it though. Like there's got to be some holes you can poke in it. Right. Because nothing is like that universally true. Right. So I think, and I think it's like, I always look at it like, um, like the lines in Vegas, right. Like when they see like the majority of people heading in one direction, like obviously they're going to adjust the, the, the line in the opposite direction. So like, does that like, how do you kind of 
view that right like the whole like how you do one thing is how you do everything because we just discussed right it's like well i could be i could be as disciplined as i want to be like if i'm not like good at football and i don't pay attention to the details of like the tactical scheme like I, you know what i mean like where are we gonna go like what are we gonna do yeah. right yeah i mean like like everywhere like some coaches will harp that and preach that and some coaches will say no it's entirely not true i mean look i think you can look around and you can find clues for both you can find guys who we had a guy who led the country in tackles last year who literally did every single thing right in the entire book and made me feel like a terrible person every time I was around him, like elite human, the hardest worker I've ever been around, led the country in tackles, All-American, you know, and now he's in the NFL. I've worked with other guys in the NFL that were, were late to meetings consistently, were, you know, disrespectful, talk back. So, like, you, you see elements of both, you know, and it's like, oh, well, maybe those guys didn't last. Like Some of the best athletes in the history, like, just weren't great people or, or didn't or were to meetings all the time or you know d- didn't lift they just walked in there like i heard a story from one of, one of my buddies an nfl strength coach guy walks in you know first round draft pick and it's like year five and he's like walk, just walks in the door he's like just find me and just walk <laughs> right? like it was consistent back and forth like he's missing weights he's not you know he's missing weigh-ins he's not doing things right in the way and he just walks in he's like I'm, I'm not even gonna put up a fight today just find me and just walks out yeah find clues for both um i think it's a catchy saying no doubt though yeah yeah i think it kind of catches a lot of people's eye it sounds really good right because like you said anything that you can like take like you know overarching right and kind of sum it up in one nice quick neat and you know clean sentence or whatever everybody wants to latch on to that and you know and kind of going back to what you talked about social media right like obviously we live in a completely different time right like you and i didn't grow up on the air well how, how old are you you're not you're like 30 <laughs> 30. Yeah. I'm 31. So it's like, I, you know, I didn't grow up on the internet. At least I didn't grow up with a smartphone, um, you know, to a certain extent. Right. Whereas like a lot of the individuals that we're dealing with now, they, you know, see information. Right. And they have the ability to kind of just like, everything is quick. Everything, you know, the answers come quick. Right. Um, whether they're right or the wrong answer, regardless. Right. Do they, they do come quick. Right. And they, and, and do you find that there's been a, like a, a way in, in sort of which that you had to like change your coaching style in order to like meet or explain some of these standards when it comes to like, Hey, listen, like, part of what we do takes a little bit of time. Like there's a process to everything that we do. Um, this isn't going to be the same as when you want to Google search how to do like a single leg squat, right? Like, is it, is it, is it kind of in that sense where you have to kind of change the way that you communicate certain things? I think, you know, every year, every year is different, every, from a coach's perspective and an athlete perspective. I do believe that the kids now, the, the athletes now just want to know why. So when, when you're telling them why we're doing, you know, I think way back when, and they're way smarter than, than, I was an athlete or like, I was like, I'm like, man, what you guys are so much smarter now. Like they just know a lot more information. Like you said, it, it's the ease of access, right? Before when you were in an argument, you would, people would just argue, but then now it's like, well, let's ask Google. And then you just win the argument one way or the other, Yeah. but they're so much smarter now and they're so much more in tune with everything. And, and now they, unfortunately, in my opinion, they have access to social media and all the experts on there, <laughs> which I'm sure they're, they're all, way smarter and better at their, but the, well, well, I saw this on Instagram or I saw this on TikTok and it's like, all right, well now we have to do some debunking of myths and then rebuilding back up of some other stuff. So explaining why we're doing what we're doing is always the goal. I think it helps create buy-in, you know, number of different ways to create buy-in one's competition. Right. But I think always, always just educating them. Hey, we're doing X, Y, Z because we want to improve A, B, and C qualities. Right. And that's going to lead into our next phase of enhancing those qualities even further because the game and then just, you know, you can go into every rabbit hole and some guys tune you out and some guys are like dialed in listening. So explaining why today's athlete is really important. 
Yeah. Yeah. The dudes who are dialed in listening are the guys who become strength coaches, right? That's usually, <laughs> it's usually the dummies. Works. Like <laughs> <myself>. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of education, right. You kind of just touched on that a little bit. Um, I do want to get into sprint timber, right. Because that was a major part of why I wanted to get you on the podcast. And I always want to talk about kind of, you know, like I said, I, I did it with one of my buddies back when I was at UConn and I was like, Oh, this is super fun. Like this is totally different. I don't think anybody's done something like this before. Maybe they have, I just wasn't aware of it, but uh, just to give you an opportunity, I guess we kind of like, you know, go, piece by piece but to number one like start off like where did you come up with this idea and like why right like where where did this whole thing come from uh COVID and and boredom (laughs) (laughs) sitting in my house without training any athletes I was like dude what is going on and just looking for ways you can only do so much continuing education man like I don't care who you are four or five hours a day you know training somebody on the side like we needed something to I needed personally I needed something more to do Mm -hmm. um so starting it up, like that's been one of the rabbit holes I've been down for the last you know 10 years is speed development, power development, expression of power and transfers to speed and on the field. Um, I think when I, when did I start two years ago? I think when I started two and a half years ago, three years ago, it was just an idea. And I, yeah, I got some shirts made and I was like, Oh, maybe a couple of my buddies and my mom will buy a shirt. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then it was like over 2000 coaches downloaded the program. And I was like, Holy shit. Like, whoa like that totally un unseen like i had no idea that was coming and it was just like whoa like whether people liked it or didn't like it it was a free free speed program and that's kind of the goal is to try and educate people on something i'm passionate about and something i care about and something i think that is crucial to sports performance um so that's you know and just spread some positivity and provide a free speed program that's essentially the only thing that i wanted to do um i think that there's you know strength and conditioning we tend to focus on the strength side of, of that, you know, realm, but I think giving speed and, and other things a little more light and a little more attention is, is a positive for the industry overall. Yeah, for sure. Did you have any idea that it would become this popular? Right. You said, I knew, I knew mom was going to buy a shirt, right? Like mom will always buy a shirt. Mom, mom bought a mom, shirt. No mom's mom going to support. Mom, mom but, Cause I, I mean, I think like, I came across it when I, I think it was it either came across it myself and this is this is the, this is the you know sort of the caveat about social media is i'm like there's sometimes like i'll come across it and i'm like you know what i don't know if i would have come across that information if i didn't have my instagram and that's kind of what keeps me from deleting it. i want to delete it every day yeah. like every day i'm yes. like I need, I need to get rid of this thing but then i'll come yes. across it and i'm like man that's that's some pretty valuable information and it won't be anything like crazy it'll be something that kind of fits the dynamic of the way i like to obtain information which will be like hey this guy really put it out there he really um you know broke it down or whatever it was methodical or whatever the case would be i came across one of your videos i don't think it had anything to do with sprint temper something about something else or just some sort of educational piece on sprint work and i was like oh okay and then i kind of like you know slide in the back of my head i'm like okay i know the name right and then when my buddy drew was like hey we should do sprint timber or whatever i was like oh that's okay i know you know what i mean so is that kind of like part of it too is you feel like you're able to have somewhat of a social media presence in order to kind of create some of the following that you were able to create from and, and the buzz around sprint timber the yeah the social media i'm terrible with social media i i like you i want to delete it every day and like alex tatara posts something you're like god damn like damn yeah. that- it's stuff. Yeah. And, and, you know, you can read all the books you want, but like, it's instant, it's, it's instant knowledge and, it, and it's coming to you like right from your phone, but it, it it's, you have to use it accordingly. Like it could be a weapon or it could be, um, you know, poison. Yeah. So you have to use it accordingly. And I think being very poignant about who you're following and why you're following them and not, you know, falling into a scrolling habit. Um, some people post a lot of content just to post a lot of content. Like you said, I want it to be methodical. I want it to be valuable. I want it to be a lot of takeaways. Um, I don't think I have a strong social media presence at all or social media follow. Um, 
sprint timber i was like oh let me just put something out and see what happens that was that was essentially what it what it was like um and i think i just wanted to shine a light on something that i didn't see a lot of in sports performance and maybe that's me not talking to the right people but i, I try to think i talk to a lot of coaches and, and try to learn and, and grow as much as i can within the industry and a lot of people are talking about strength and and lifting and it's like okay but there's more elements you know we have eight hours to develop these guys and if, if six or seven of them are, are lifting like i think we're missing the boat um, so, you know, I just want to put something positive in the world, man. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, so, you know, kind of going back to that, they're like, where, at what point did you kind of think like, all right, this is kind of the route that I want to go when it came to like sprint work, right? Like, obviously there's a certain like turning point where I think most strength coaches have this, like this like journey where they're like, yeah, man, like weights and like all this other stuff. And then like, you know, ways to be specific with weights. And then it's like, oh wait, there's like all this like sprint jump throw stuff and like things that actually translate to like, you know, supporting things like on-field performance and whatnot. And then, you know, it's usually around like your late twenties you get to that point. So like, where was that, that transition for you and kind of who can you attribute with like opening your eyes to such a thing? Yeah, I think it was at, at uh, I mean, I think I definitely know it was at San Jose State. Um, Rockstar staff it was Mike Nicolini, who's now the director at uh, the New York Jets. Greg Seagrove, who's now uh, an assistant on the 49ers. Um, Gary Rebe, who was at USC, UCLA, Auburn. Um, Sam Tomlins, who was in, you know, Brigadier. Now he's training, you know, government. Um, what is it? The guys who jump out of planes. What are, the, what are those people called? <laughs> what is that? Is that Air Force? Air Rescue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So he's trained and, and like just learning a lot from those guys. And, you know, we were reading, we were all reading James Smith, Charlie Francis. And it was like, Whoa, like just, I, and it's like the, you feel like the cone being like taken off your head. You're like, what? Mm. Personally, I've read all those books, like more than, more than twice. And it's like, and I don't attribute that as like, that's not pounding my chest. It's like, yeah, I needed that. Cause it was yeah. like, what did I just read? It's like applied sprint training, governing dynamics of coaching. Uh, key concepts of speed and speed training and development. It's like you, you read all those books and like you get to the back, you're like, what did I just read? Could you go back on the shelf or you can swallow your ego and just be like, shit, I need to read it again because I clearly did not understand it well enough. Yeah. Um, and then just seeing the results and applying it. Um, you know, I think, it, and again, all models are flawed to an extent, you know, um, but, you know, it's a model that I think holds a lot of value and it's developed over the years. And, the speed and power training at the forefront, especially for the skill athlete in American college football is extremely important. Yeah, absolutely. So you're going to tell me that you read the GDC twice here on my podcast. Is that what you're going to, you're going to tell me you read twice, twice. That's really impressive. Actually. Not, no, I, not the first, not the first 70, the philosophical portion. I did not read that. Okay. That was thick. Though. That was thick. But then like, once you get through the first 70, it's like, boom, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, applied sprint training was twice the Charlie Francis stuff's twice and it's just like it's just yeah. you know okay but why and people are and I see this kind of flawed thinking in intern development too which is something I think is really important because you're giving back to the future of the industry and people are like oh I did this at blank university I'm going to do it here it's like but that was Rutgers swimming and this is Harvard tennis like right. why, why those are two totally different teams two totally like Rutgers wrestling in the winter should should be a different program than Harvard tennis in the summer, like mm -hmm. different teams. Too. So I think the why and the principle thinking, everybody's focused on the methods, 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 like, oh, I did this to increase my bench. I did this to increase my speed, whatever it is. But the principled understanding and approach is something that I think is really important because then you can leave University of Wisconsin and take the, that principled thinking and everything you learn. Sure, some of those methods can carry over to Georgia Tech or Georgia or wherever, to whatever sport you're doing, but the principles are what matters. The methods can transfer, sure, but it has to fall into that umbrella uh, principle. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think, and that's the thing I love so much about, you know, governing dynamics is I, like, I tried to make it uh, part of our internship curriculum for our sports science interns and for our training conditioning interns when I was at UConn. And, you know, it's, yeah, I understand it's a heavy book and, and all that stuff, but I mean, I think it would, obviously at some point it becomes a reference. Like you said, you got through it twice and you're just, you're going to continue going back to it. You never not, you never stop going back to it. Right. Um, but I think at the end of the book, when, when James talks about like, you know, <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of years down the road, when, when we're no longer, um, around people are going to look back and they're going to be like like the hope is that someone just looks back and they're like hey those guys were all idiots but there's this one guy like mike tucker and he was like the least of the idiots right like it looked like he was doing something that made like some sense you know and that was when it like hit me and i was like oh wow like we really are like that far into or that like shallow into the intimacy or the infancy of this whole stage of, of you know sport preparation and being a professional coach and, and just like having like the sport coach and the strength and conditioning coach as a profession itself but um yeah i, I know you know and rip to the conclave i know people hear me say it all the time but that was an incredible resource and you know i, I wish that james would come back and uh kick, kick global sports concepts back up again but into that point though it's like you know, he, he got to a point where he was just like, I'm, I'm tired of pushing against a locked door. Like, I don't think that this is something that like was piquing his interest as much. So like, and, and then what I did was that, you know, I, for a while, like when it happened, I was kind of like, damn, you know what? Like, I'm kind of feeling the same way. Like, this is a bad place to be. It's not a good place. And then it kind of moved into what you're describing now, where it's like, you're taking the models, you're taking information, and then you're able to then apply them in your own direction and apply them in your own way to the sports that you work with. So is that kind of how you feel when you when you read something? Because a lot of people could read that and be like, man, I'm this is kind of daunting and I feel depressed almost. You know what I mean? Like this is, you know, he's calling for the end of strength and conditioning, right? And he's like, well, dang, I just got started. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we just got that. So yeah, what's what's your take on like how you were able to kind of like take some of that information and then apply it to the teams that you were working with wherever you were at the time? Every time I read something, I feel like more and more of an idiot. Um, I think I think I know something, and I turn the page, and I'm like, nope, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. So it's really just trying to reassess my program year in and year out. Okay, what worked, what didn't work, how were we, you know? And then some people be like, oh, well, we won the conference. Well, is that because of or despite my training? My training literally hindered us to that to that point in time, and you know, that's where all the research, all the you know, knowledge searching, and all the trying to understand and figure all this out comes into play and it's like okay what did we do well did it enhance why and how are we going to adjust for next year so sure. we're looking to adapt to one the newer athletes coming in what's our team look like you know the coaching staff all that is really important and then understanding what we did previous years may not work this year you know different team different limitations different issues different schemes potentially mm. So we're always trying to develop and enhance our product as professionals. And there's a lot of guys doing a ton of really good stuff across the collegiate and NFL landscape that, you know, I try and pull from daily or weekly, either it's call, text, um, social media sometimes, but a lot of guys are doing a lot of good things um, and, and it's good to see. Yeah. And so not to, not to, I'm just kind of curious. Did you find that like James stuff when it comes to like the actual technical models that he put together, that you had, was there a point in time where you were like, I might have trouble communicating this to a sport coach, or I might have trouble, like the whole like global training load management. Like, I think the model at first, when you read the book, at least for the first time, when I got through like applied sprint training, he came out with the GDC and I was like, I'm like, oh, this is gold, right? Like, this is what I wanted to do on my Friday and Saturday nights, right? And then you get to a point where you're like, okay, like, how am I going to make this work? Like, how do we kind of like, right? And then you get creative for sure, right? But then have you, did you, did you kind of come across a little bit of that barrier where like, hmm, how am I going to get this done? Like, how can we possibly, you know, get this thing to across some of the sport coaches? And then did you end up finding a, a better model that you, that you've gone with since kind of coming across that information? 
Well, I'm sure you as well as, you know, everybody listening uh, has found out that all sport coaches don't, don't need us to help them with training loads or practice periodization or planning or anything like that. So you go right. with, hot, hot, heart full of high hopes and, and, and you're like, this is what we got to do. And he's like, okay, <laughs> all right. Sounds good. See you. See you later. Get out. Yeah. Um, so it, it's back and forth and it's agreements, and it's battles and trying to understand and look they, like we're on the same team. We all want to win, right? Like, Hey coach, I think this is going to help. And here are the three reasons how, okay. And then laying out and then they could say, well, this is what we did last year and we won the championship. And it's yeah. man, like, but it, it's all really well laid out in the book. Do I think the implementation is that crisp? Absolutely not. It's a lot more of relationship dynamics and the trust and rapport that we've talked about in the past. And a lot of people uh, can use data to help them like the catapults of the world um, to help them with the research back knowledge and, and say, Hey coach, we, we needed to have a low day tomorrow because, you know, it's our fourth day in a row in camp and the guys are fatigued and we saw a spike in workload and, you know, go on and on and on. And the coach can still say, ah, but we're setting the culture. So we're always just trying to assist them in their process. But when the guys pull up with three soft tissues the next day and it's like, well, I told you so, dude, like, I don't, you know, like you kind of look at them with that. I told you so look, you can't really say it. Um, <laughs> yeah. It comes back to that trust rapport foundational. And then so it comes back to people, right? Like they have to trust that, you know, what you're doing and you have the team's best interest at heart and you know, your solutions that you're bringing to the table we, it's our job as professionals to effectively communicate those solutions. We, guys get frustrated and they come back, oh, my coach is an idiot. Well, like, how did you explain it? So, well, I told him, you know, high, low, CNS, motor. It's like, dude, you're speaking gibberish, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. they're they're drawing X and O's on a whiteboard. You're speaking gibberish to them, man. Like, yeah. you know, being able to, I was a football coach for two years. I think that helps a lot. Mm. Kind of, well, oh, you could like the rapport aspect, but also like the language and understanding, uh, I think is invaluable for that. Yeah, for sure. And I think I think if James listened to this podcast, he'd be like, well, because like his whole thing was and this is what I liked so much about the book. And I don't know if you felt this way, but like when I got through the book, I didn't feel like I had the answers, though. Like and that was what now, you know, like a lot of books will tell you, like, hey, I'm providing you with some sort of answer or some sort of like content. Right. Like this is what we're giving you. We're giving you this method. And you're going to go out and you're going to execute it. Right. Where I was like, it's a really technical model, but it's not like, hey, you're going to do this exercise or like this, you know what I mean? It's not, and, and that's what I love, a lot of people look for. Whereas like when I got through it, I was kind of like, oh, okay. So like I have a really robust framework here. Right. But like he would say, and what he said all the time in the conclave was like, I'm just a theorist. I'm giving you guys ideas, but you have to go figure out whether they work or not. And, you know, obviously he would, he would argue that, you know, he put it up against some sort of resistance and, you know, trial and error and all that kind of stuff. But I think that's where we come in. It's just like, all right, well, here's the way that I can go about doing it. And maybe, you know, personally, like I, I kind of ventured off into like, you know, game changer and like the process, a lot of the stuff like Cam Joss is doing. And in my mind, like a couple pages through, I'm like, I'm like, dang, this is like, like a sport coach could read this book. Like, and I would have, like, I remember having like a couple like, you know, the, I think it was our offensive quality control Reddit. There's a kid who wants to be a football coach. And I was like, Hey man, you want football? Coach? Just take a look at this, take a look at this book. Right. So like, I, I, I guess that was kind of the second part of my question is like, have you come across some like things that you're like, all right, this is a little bit more applicable. It's a little more coach speak. It kind of like, you know, it's a little more friendly, you know what I mean? User friendly, I guess you could say. Yeah. I mean the game, the game changer, Cam Joss, like they're, they're setting the tone, right? Cam Joss is awesome. I think it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so like, we're, we're all trying to attribute and, and build up to that standard that, you know, James is laying out, but like you read that book and you almost have less answers. You're like, Oh shit. Now there's these there are 10 factors that I unbeknownst to me now I have to think about yeah. like, 
the more you read and the more you unpack, you're, you're trying to figure out all these different things. And it's like, Oh my God, like when, when you're 23 or 22 and you're just getting into it and it's like, Oh yeah, five through one, I'm going to get their bench stronger, man. Let's go. And then like, that's all that matters. And then like, now I know so little and I'm like just thinking and searching for all the answers. And it's, it's brutal. I'm lucky that, you know, I work with a lot of smart individuals at Villanova that, you know, I can lean on for support, but you know, it's, it's tough. The more you, the more you read and research and the longer you're in the field, the less you feel like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, at first I was like, is it a good thing that I feel bad about myself? Or I was like, anytime I'd make a decision, I'd be like, I'd be like, okay. Like you just kind of like have this dude's voice in the back of your head, be like that would not work in this situation or something like that. Right. And you're like, you're like, dang, like I, I feel bad about myself. Like all the time, like almost like second yeah. guess. You feel like someone's like watching you, like, you know, you're putting some, some program together and like, it's almost like someone's leaning over your shoulder, looking at your Excel sheet kind of thing. It's like, no, 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 that volume would not make sense <laughs> in this situation. Right. But I think, I think it's good though. It's a little bit of a checks and balance. Like it keeps you humble. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's just like anything else, right? Like what we do is super complicated and there's a lot going on and we all would like to think that we're doing right by our athletes. And I think ultimately at the end of the day, like if you really genuinely feel like you're, you're, you're trying to put forth your best effort, put forth your best effort, then obviously that's, you know, it's, it's a noble endeavor. Right. But at the same time, like I wanted it to be more than that because I want to feel like, like, no, I was, you know, like I said, when people look back and be like, Hey, this guy actually was doing something that made sense. Yeah. His, his effort and his tent, his intent was high. He cared but he was actually trying to do something that made sense as well. So I think there's a good balance between the two, right? I think there's a little bit of, a little bit of the just, Oh yeah. If you're a good dude, you know, we want you around. It's like, I think that's good. Like it's, it's important to be a good human being, obviously first and foremost, no doubt, but like how far, you know, is that going to get you when it comes to like, you really need, you got to be good at shit at some point. You know what I mean? You got to get shit done. No. Yeah. I mean, one of the most rewarding things an athlete coming in with a problem and I, and I can some somehow figure out what the issue is. Right. Yeah. It feels incredible. And, yeah. yeah. And then like, you're able to help them and they look at you they're like, what the hell did you just do? Or like, how did that, like, how did, how did that happen? And it's, and it's really rewarding to, to help people in that fashion. I guess that's why, you know, hopefully most of us got in is to help athletes not to just hang out and wear t-shirts and shorts all, even though that is a huge part of the job. Pretty um, sweet. Pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, to your point, understanding and realizing that all this is for the athlete, I think is extremely important. Yeah. And I think, you know, kind of with that, and a lot of this is guesswork, no doubt, right? Like we are like all like, you know, I think it was my, one of my first mentors is like, honestly, he's like one of the most, like, most brilliant dudes I've ever met. And he was just like, I don't know, man, we're all just guessing out here anyway. You know what I mean? It's like, we're just hoping things work, you know? So it's what, think- you, you think, you know, like 70% and then you're like, you know, guessing on 20 and then 10 is like, just yeah, complete guess. like you, you like to think, you know, you know, X, Y, and, Z, and then like you read something or come across <laughs> like dude that ain't true yeah like you know the more i hear people say the words like the the three letters cns the less i think we know about it and and i think i know nothing about it and i try to base my entire system and program yeah dude it's so it's so funny it's so true i've, I've been saying that yeah. like and I'm, every time i say it, i'm kind of just like i'm getting to the point now where i'm like man I, I use it so often because it's like something I've, i'm like what do i actually know about that thing like you know what i mean and like i'm like because it's like it makes sense like it's been a part of almost like everything i've studied like you're we, we work with the cns it's like wow we're here right but i'm like yeah. man you know what i don't know i don't know if i know and, and, and yeah. the, the other thing to mention and i'll let you continue but it's just the other the flip side too is when like i've gotten comfortable being like i'm not sure let me go let me go let me do some digging on this and i'll get back to you obviously yeah. i work in the remote setting now so it's a little bit different mm-hmm. where it's like on the spot in the middle of the weight room or whatever an athlete's going to want an answer right away and of course there's yeah. something that you could come with there's probably some sort of modification that can be made um and obviously that's kind of why we get compensated right is like the skill and efficiency that which we can make some of those decisions but i think yeah, there are the some like 
Yeah, but I think there's some like larger things that it's like it's okay to be like, you know what? Let me let me do some digging and, and I'm gonna get back to you for like some of the ones who are like curious and just asking you questions in your office. Yeah, kind of that and those are the best conversations to have because you know they care about the process. It's yeah. like why are we doing why are we doing you know multi-directional tempos? It's like, well, we can train the aerobic system like linearly, but the game's not really played linearly. So we accumulate all this low CNS volume, decelerating and working on our ability to cut and you know eight vectors um in order to enhance the, the tissue resiliency around it. Or we can do, you know linear tempos like both have their time and place but as we get close to the season i think that we can be a little more specific with our demands yeah. uh, and then kids are like oh okay like <laughs> and then like or, or be like man i saw this on instagram why are we doing this and then you drop some knowledge on they're like all right <laughs> like then that's yeah. it's like oh okay he's like thought about it or you know yeah you know, somebody will be like some days like yo we have an open set because i don't know how this is going to look after after what we did last week. So our last three sets are open. You feel good. Let it rip. You don't chill out at your, you know, 80% or whatever we ended up deciding to end on. So I think that's something later in your career that you become better at is, you know, having that ability to say, Hey, I'm not sure. Or, Hey, like, let's have a genuine look at this. And I think when you're genuine about it, the kids and athletes realize that and know that you have the best of your heart through the rapport and trust process um that enhances the product so much more in my opinion yeah wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be nice if ever, all the athletes you work with just follow the same people that you follow on instagram then you're just like <laughs> unfortunately that's a, that's not how it works but um well kind of going getting back into sprint timber and then uh you know we'll, we'll wrap up here in a little bit but i do want to kind of get back into some of the the major positives and the major impact because obviously it seemed like you're like all right listen i just wanted to put out a good good product help some people out it's not like you're charging or anything like that you just you know you just were like all right, i'm just gonna make a free program or whatever covid and like you said boredom kind of you know they, they were the creator of a lot of things right good and bad right but you're just like yeah what's uh so if you could kind of talk us through like the number one like most positive thing you think you've taken and sort of created from um from from sprint timber and not that there would be any negatives but if was, was there any sort of like negative feedback or any sort of obstacles that you came across when you were going through the process of creating the the programs i think the no negative in the process of creating it besides you know additional work but i think it's mm-hmm. for the right cause uh some of the negatives i think people think that people who myself or people who like sprinting don't think strength's important they're like oh if they don't, they don't live like, do we have guys who bench 400? Like it's not just, it's just, I just don't think it's that important comparatively for certain sports and transfer. Like we like lifting our guys like training hard. It's not, I just think that speed is so much more of an art form to coach. Like if you can coach squat, you have big toe, big toe, heel, corkscrew your feet, drive your knees out, keep your chest up. Great. Like that's awesome. And then you can, you cue those like six things and people will get 90% efficiency at it half the time. Obviously like, you know, the, the right ankle, the left knee, like whatever you're looking at and changing that, that's awesome. But like changing somebody's sprint mechanics or changing their speed from point A to point B or being able to, like you talked about the glo- global training load concepts on the field. Like, I think that's so much more valuable. Um, so I think the negative would be the perceived thought of, <laughs> of not having this be a piece of the holistic training model, right? We hours and people talk about, oh, I care about speed, but they're doing two and a half hours of conditioning 30 minutes of speed and six hours of lifting. And it's like, well, you're not putting your money where your mouth is. You're not putting your time where your mouth is. So the perceived thought of not this being one factor in a holistic training model would be then the negative, I suppose. And the positive, just enhancing the awareness that this is, should be highlighted more frequently. And like I said before, maybe it was because I was following the wrong people, but a lot of guys, a lot of programs, you know, in my opinion are highlighting 
bench squat deadlift and not enough field work, um, which is why athletes get paid, right? Athletes get paid on Sundays for us because their performance in the field work. Some of the best athletes I've ever had were totally average in the weight room. Um, so there's, <laughs> yeah. a, there's a number of dudes that are in, that are playing on Sundays right now that were just like, eh, <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe and maybe I did more harm than good in the way for him. Who knows, right? Yeah, well, yeah, it's like you said before, like because of or in spite of, right? I think if everybody just starts to ask themselves that question a little bit more often, we might be, you know, moving in the right direction. But uh, you know, I think I think that's awesome. I think it's awesome what you've done. And I think, you know, when it when it comes down to it, it's funny because I, I thought the initial negative would be like a lot of dudes who were just like straight up like weight room heads would just be like, dude, what are you trying to do? Like, what is this nonsense or whatever? Stop trying to like push out or push up against, you know, some of the weight room templates there, the weight room, you know, programs that have caught fire or whatever. And I think they're all great. Like anything that just like gets a bunch of people together talking and just kind of like having some fun and, you know, be a part of something is great. So um, I think it just happens to be a little bit more fun that it's, you know, something that's related to sprinting. Obviously it's something I think as coaches, we, we, you know, there's a certain group of people who really start to like, like I said, at some point in your career, you kind of just gravitate towards that. And it's like, Oh, sprinting, super important. I want to know everything there's about sprinting. And it's like, Oh, different variations of sprinting. And then there's like Franz Bosch and then that, we're, we're not going to go that route, but like, no, you know what I mean? We're not going there. I promise you, we're not yeah. going there because like, I got some family here. We got to go eat yeah. at some point tonight. But yeah, so no, it, it's it's all good stuff. But I, I do appreciate. It. And I guess my last question to you, Mike, would be: given what I just kind of described about the industry, um, where do you think? What is your like kind of take on the current pulse of strength and conditioning? And where do you think we need to go in order to continue to establish ourselves in a, in a positive light? Yeah, I think some I think some people get like upset, like you kind of mentioned, like people be like, oh, why are you pushing up against weight room? It's like, dude, we're like look around the room, man. Like a lot of us are former athletes, a lot of us like lifting, like it's kind of reality, right? Um, so I, I don't I don't get upset when people are like that, but um, like you said, people people want to be thought of in a positive light. And I think that's you know, first off, acting like that and conducting yourself in a manner like that. Like I think too frequently we see guys who want to be respected, want to be well-paid, but then they act a certain way. And it's like, dude, you can't, you can't give me a, and then ask for B, like you have to make it match. Um, you know, and it's, and it's tougher. We can't dress for the job we want. Like we're wearing t-shirts and we're in a backwards hat, like the reality of our profession. Like we look unprofessional at times, right. Our appearance, if we are 300 pounds and we're trying to teach somebody plyometrics or, um, or speed training, like it's probably, not going to be great. Like you have to be able to demo some stuff. And that's some stuff that people disagree on. Like, Oh, you don't have to demo everything. You don't have to do this. Like, I I do believe that you should be competent explaining or demonstrating to some degree. Um, you know, my triple broad jump ain't great by any means. Trust me on that. Um, but no, I, I think the industry is in good hands. I think the more young strength coaches I talk to, there's a ton of them out there. They're just like our athletes are so much smarter. Like when I was 22, I knew nothing. I still know nothing, but I'm like, this 23 year old smarter than me, man. He's read like all these books. He's done these internships. I was like, I was just a college athlete who needed a job in the summer. Yeah. I just needed a job. And I was like, Oh, I like where, let me hang out in there. And then I coaching for 12 hours a day with all these different athletes and learning under my strength coach, who I find out like 20 years later, is like a legend, right? Like, right. <laughs> When I'm like, when I'm calling them all the time, like, oh, wow. Like I was actually really fortunate, you know, looking back, I probably should have paid more attention. Um, But I think that the profession is in good young hands. And I think it's important for the people who are in positions to potentially be role models, you know, act a certain way and conduct themselves and then ultimately give back to those individuals.
Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I was going to say, like, when I was young, I was that dude who was just, like, the early 20s dude who's just, like, in the back of the Fitness 4000 just trying to max out on bench every single day, right? Like, buried, like, just stapled under a bar, like, yo, yo help me, bro. Like, he helped me get this if, weight if out. You you didn't have, like, if you didn't have one of those super thin bars, like, with the with the really, like, you know, that wouldn't fit on an Olympic bar on a super thin, like, body by Jake bars. and. 100 get bruising across your chest. Like it's just kind of how a lot of people got started. Right? It's a right. It's a right of passage, but I, I do agree. I think like the mistakes that I made younger or even like towards like the middle parts of like my twenties and late twenties guys are making at a younger age and learning from them younger. And it's just a great evolution. I do. I agree. I think there's a, I think the, 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 the industry itself is really evolving and going in the right direction. I agree. Um, so last thing, if you just kind of want to tell everybody, you know, where they can find you and uh, any final words, obviously, like anything you want to mention about Sprint Timber, anything else that you want to kind of give to the people. Uh, now, now's your chance. You got the floor, Mike. <laughs> nah, coach, I really appreciate you having me on. I think what you're doing is awesome. I think the product you're putting out is great. Uh, you know, I, I'm on Instagram. I try and, you know, post during Sprint Timber sometimes. <laughs> That's about it. Uh, but that's at Tucker Mike 43. Um, really open to connecting with, with anyone and everyone. I'm always trying to learn and, you know, pick a pick and understand what you're doing, why you're doing it just for my knowledge. And so I can maybe steal something and bring it back to my guys. Um, you know, and I try and give back and try and give as much insight into our program as possible because people have helped me along the way, right? Like I wouldn't be even close to where I am without Jeff Oliver and Holy Cross, without other guys at other places. And some of those guys at other places and, you know, show you how not to do things and how you, you don't want to be like. So um, I think that's important too. But like I said, I, I think the sprint timber in itself is hopefully bigger, better, and faster year three. Uh, I'm fighting the evolutionary process of getting older. Uh, so, but hopefully we can provide a good product. Hopefully we can, you know, get some coaches faster and hopefully educate some coaches and get help get their athletes faster that's the ultimate goal so yeah no absolutely I'm, I'm pumped because it's funny like i remember like early spring i'm like oh man when it starts getting warmer out i was like telling my brother i'm like dude we're, we're gonna be sprinting every day and it's like i realized like midsummer i'm like damn man, all they're doing is just like lifting and like doing jujitsu i was like i have no sprinting at all and i'm like it's about to be in august you know by the time this thing comes out i'm like you know what um so yeah i'm pumped and it'll give me something that's like all right i'm gonna be held accountable to this this work that's gonna take yeah. place in, in september so yeah uh, yeah so the prep should be now, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, well, that's I why gotta, I put out a beginner program. Cause I'm like, a lot of coaches are probably just doing like jujitsu and lifting. And it's like, cause they'll like revert back to what they feel good with. And then like, they're like, Oh shit. Like August 9th, they're like, do I have cleats or like, should I go out on a track? Like, and um, then they pull a hammy. So I try to do a beginner and an advanced program. That's a, that's a great addition to the program. That's yeah. an awesome addition because yeah, honestly, like I think my like sprint work, I'll be like, yeah, I've been doing sprints, man. It'll just be like those two five yard sprints. I do at the end of my world before I go squat. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, you're not, you're not sprinting, buddy. With, with <laughs> knee sleeves on. hundred percent, dude. hundred yeah. uh, percent. Oh, personally man. attacked right now. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's not a personal attack. It's just accurate. You're just been attacked. Yeah. This is exactly uh, what funny. I do. I actually have reverted away from wearing knee sleeves. I'm, 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 I'm moving moving up in the world yeah I'm there you go oh yeah, yeah. Oh, good stuff or down depending on how you look at it yeah yeah it depends on who who you're asking right some people yeah. are like oh man you're going in the wrong direction i'm like i just i'm barefoot and you know i, I basically squat with nothing except just some shorts on so that's that's yeah. kind of where i'm at right now there you go but uh, thanks again, man. This is awesome. I really appreciate it, Mike. Uh, listeners, obviously, we thank you guys. As always, we wouldn't have a podcast without you. And uh, Mike, we'll, uh, we'll catch you soon, man. Coach, thanks for everything. Appreciate it. All right. Have a good one.